Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. 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 <laughs> My name is Jennifer Hadley, and we're talking about A Course in Miracles. And uh, we're just days away from a new year here. So Spirit has given me a wonderful topic. I just love it. It's called A Year of A Course in Miracles. Giving some guidance to folks who might be new to A Course in Miracles or coming back to A Course in Miracles or dedicated and love A Course of Miracles, just can't get enough like me. So <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to share a whole bunch of the, the most basic spiritual teachings that are deeply helpful, like an anchor in this world, an anchor to spirit. And not to the world, but to the real world, as A Course of Miracles says. And usually at the end of the year, the beginning of the year, we get a bunch of new listeners to this podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And for anyone who's listening for the first time, we're up into episode number 570-something now, getting to 580 I think, uh, very soon. So uh, if you have on your podcast app or however you're listening to it, uh, you may see only 300 episodes. What you're going to wish to look for then is A Course in Miracles archive. And when we get to 600 episodes, we're going to have A Course in Miracles archive too. So if you're listening a year from now, uh, you may need to have three podcasts in order to get all the episodes. And in the first couple of hundred of episodes, there's a whole bunch of stuff with there's Ken Wapnick and Gary Renard and John Mundy and David Hoffmeister and all manner of folks that you may wish to listen to. So check that out. And uh, I know people binge this uh, podcast. One of the things we're going to be launching in the new year is getting the podcast without commercial interruptions, no commercial interruptions uh, from outside vendors. And um, uh, for a, a very modest cost, we are able to do that. So, yeah. It's wonderful. I'm going to start us off with a prayer. I place my hand on my heart and I am grateful and thankful that our very essence in nature is perfect love. We're already there. We don't have to do anything to get there. We're already there. And so we're relinquishing anything that we value that keeps us from recognizing what the truth is. Anything that keeps us from recognizing our true nature, we are offloading it right now. We are grateful to let it go now and forever. We're grateful to open our hearts and minds to the truth and nothing but the truth. We're accepting our perfection and the perfection of our brothers and sisters. We're releasing condemnation and we're cultivating the humility to truly value what is real. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all. B 
because we're one with them. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 I'm so happy and excited to share some of the basic principles of A Course in Miracles, of truth teachings that have really made a difference in people's lives. So at the end of the year, 22, uh, in one of my upper levels of Masterful Living. So Masterful Living is my year-long program. By the way, if it scares you to think of joining a year-long program, just know we have a money-back guarantee. You can leave anytime you like. We're, we're not holding anybody captive. Uh, but it's a year-long program because people have found, since the first year in 2009, people have found year after year after year. So for the last 14 or 15 years, people have found that working these principles with me in a group has been completely life-changing, life-healing, mind-healing, and so beneficial that they keep coming back year after year after year. And so in our, I'll call it the highest level group, um, I asked them, what do you feel are the most valuable spiritual principles and teachings from A Course in Miracles that you have used to shift your thinking and to transform your life and your relationships and the healing of your body and finances and all these things that people have clearly demonstrated and done with it. And so... uh, we chimed in, myself too, and I, 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 one of the things I start with, just kicking it off with my own uh, most basic, I have said before many times that my favorite A Course of Miracles lesson is Love Holds No Grievances, which is Lesson 68, and clinging to that my first year or two of practicing A Course in Miracles was amazing for me. Love holds no grievances. And it's pretty easy for us to recognize when we're holding a grievance. And to me, holding a grievance is also the same as really saying, I believe this to be true even if nobody else believes it to be true. In, 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 and I'll give you an example. I believe that that person is a bad person. And even if nobody else thinks they're a bad person, I resent that person, even if nobody else resents that person. If that's my thinking, those are grievances to me. Those are grudges. Those are things that I am holding against a person. And one of the ways that I think of it is bearing false witness. Bearing false witness against somebody. Since we're all one with each other, since we're all Christed beings, whether we recognize it or not, if I am thinking that someone is less than me or better than me, then I am bearing false witness against them. And while I don't believe in sin, I think it's an error in my thinking that blocks the flow of love. And so love holds no grievances. Grievances block the flow of love. Grievances block the light in me. They hide the light in me. That's the very next Course of Miracles lesson, number 69. Uh, So lesson 69 is my grievances hide the light of the world in me. No one can look upon what your grievances conceal. So let's say in this new year, one of your goals is to get into a romantic life partnership. Let's just say. Uh, If you're holding on to grievances, your grievances are going to hide the light of the world in you. And if you would like to attract a partner who also has grievances and hides the light of the world in them, you might do well. 
But if what you're looking for is someone who is deeply spiritual, on a spiritual committed path, they may not be interested in someone who's committed to holding on to their grievances, which hide the light of the world in them. And besides, if we're committed to holding on to our grievances, we really don't want to be in a committed relationship. We are more interested in our opinions and judgments, our attack thoughts, our belief in lack and limitation. And none of those things will attract more love into your life. I know it very, very well. (laughs) So love holds no grievances. Another way to say it is don't bear false witness against anybody. It is our job to see the light of the world in everyone. So we can't do that when we're holding on to grievances because like attracts like, we're going to project our perception of grievances within ourselves onto everyone else. It's just how it works. So that to me is the the beginning of my fully practicing A Course in Miracles. So I don't have to read and study A Course in Miracles in order to practice that moment by moment every day. Now, when I saw that would unlock all of A Course in Miracles for me in my heart, in my mind, I began to practice it very rigorously. And what I discovered was I was more, much more interested in my grievances than I was in love. And it was shocking to me, absolutely, utterly, mind-blowingly shocking to me. However, once I recovered from the shock of realizing I was the most judgmental person I knew, (laughs) then I was able to roll up my spiritual sleeves and get to work offloading all those judgments and opinions to that higher Holy Spirit self. And, oh my gosh almighty, that was a great, great thing for me to do. Yes. All right, next up is God is always loving. So let me be like my creator. Let me be always loving. And I flash on... um, was it Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? I think so, where the, the thing is ABC, always be closing, ABC, always be loving, <laughs> ABL. <laughs> so let me always be loving. That is what I'm interested in. I am interested in always being loving because that is my nature. Love is my true identity. And when I'm being loving, I'm living in and as my true identity, so I don't need to focus on giving up false beliefs about myself because I'm being loving. The very choice to actively be loving undoes my attachments to my grievances. That's what I discovered. And then something that I remember hearing a lot from Reverend Michael Beckwith at Agape is God is not a respecter of persons. So Ernest Holmes would talk about how God is impersonal. And when I first heard that, new to the science of mind teachings back in the 90s, uh, I thought, God is impersonal? What? That doesn't, what? I don't know what that means. So what it means is that God is not a person. And because God is not a person, God does not have favorites. God has no favorites. That's what it means that God is impersonal. God is omnipresent, omnipotent, omniactive, always the same, unchanging No respecter of persons, meaning God doesn't say, oh, I like this one better, so I'm going to give them more stuff. No, everyone gets the full load. And remember, when Jesus was walking the earth and teaching and training teachers, he 
told the parable of the day laborers. And the parable of the day laborers is that uh, the people Landowner needs help harvesting his crops and whatnot, goes to town, says, anybody who comes to work out at my farm, I will hire them. Come on down, everybody. So people started coming, and they were coming all day long, and they were put to work. And at the end of the day, everyone was paid the same. And people who got there early were upset that people who got there late got the same amount of money. And basically what Jesus was saying is, whether you come early or come late to God, you're going to get the full load. So don't think it's too late to go to God. It's never too late. You will get the full load whenever you arrive. And don't delay because you can get the full load immediately. You do not have to earn it. And that is one of the most miraculous things about the very nature of God is you don't have to earn the gifts of God. They are ours every day, all the time, without fail, without ceasing. So God is not a person, not a respecter of person. God is impersonal. God has no favorites. God gives the same, the full load to everyone all the time. And God doesn't think, oh, they need a little more help. I'm going to give them a little something extra today. No, it doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. And hallelujah that it doesn't because it feels so good to know that we're entitled to miracles and so is everyone else. Now, one of the things that people in Masterful Living have found extremely helpful is that ability to recognize that all situations, all upsets, are either a cry for love or they are an expression of love. So what we're training ourselves to do in Masterful Living is to answer the cry for love with love because love is the healer. Love is the healer because love is what we are. Teach only love for that is what you are. So we're interested in recognizing the cry for love, whether it's from our own heart or someone else's, to recognize the cry for love instead of going, oh, look at that knucklehead acting like a jerk. I'm going to avoid them. I'm going to... Um, think mean thoughts about them. I sh- they should be punished for the way that they're acting. Instead, when we're identified with our loving creator, God's self, then we recognize the cry for love for what it is, and then we're interested in being only helpful. And we're here to represent the one who sent us, our creator, uh, our higher Holy Spirit self, the I am that I am, has sent us into this illusion to answer the cry for love with love. And that is what being truly helpful means in essence. So all situations are either love or a cry for love. And recognizing that eliminates a lot of confusion, a lot of judgment, a lot of pain and suffering. So very helpful. Now, another thing that is... uh, It can be mind-boggling, but if we stop thinking, this is mind-boggling, and just say, it's true, and I'd like to know clearly that it's true. I'd like to feel clearly that it's true. I'd like to embrace this truth so completely that my mind no longer catches on it, that my mind totally accepts it and operates from this basic truth, which is all is one. 
So it's the awareness of the unity of all life that is deeply healing. So if we're judging someone, we need we can remember, it's helpful to remember, I am one with them. So if I'm attacking them, I'm attacking myself, whether it looks like it or not. I cannot wish that someone else has less without instantaneously also wishing that I had less. I cannot withhold love someone from someone to punish them, as we so often do in our relationships with people. I cannot withhold love from someone to punish them without punishing myself. When I withhold love from others... I am the one who most suffers. When I withhold love from someone, I am the one who suffers the most. Because being in the expression of love, I am being healed more than the person I'm extending the love to. Because it's directly moving through my awareness, I am the one that gets the greatest benefit when I choose to be loving. When I choose to be unloving or withhold love, which is unloving, I am the one who is most painfully affected. Sometimes we withhold love for people and they don't even notice. But we notice and it makes us miserable, and it also leads to feeling unworthy of love. When we withhold love or try to punish our brothers and sisters, we become convinced, whether we recognize it or not, that we are unworthy of love. Of course, we are worthy of love always. That doesn't ever change. But we do not feel or believe that we are worthy of love when we are punishing others, holding grievances against them. It's simple. It's not complicated. It's not rocket science. It's much easier than rocket science. And that big blue book can sometimes make us feel that it is rocket science. And that's why I like taking this approach to A Course in Miracles. One of the beautiful things that I see every year in Masterful Living is by focusing on the practical application of the principles in order to become miracle-minded, to make the most productive use of our year in terms of the mind-training system of A Course in Miracles and really embracing it and embodying it. Because this is how we work, both individually and in groups. And there's so much support from the community in addition to the classes with me, we have so many different aspects to the program that we're working it all the different ways that it's possible to work it. And so people will frequently come in who have no prior experience of A Course in Miracles and they have extraordinary results. And they also often become very much dedicated Course in Miracles students because as they unblock their mind and their heart and their relationships change and their body shifts, their finances shift, all those things, their creativity explodes, whatever it is they, they are most interested in starts to come into manifestation. They are interested in, okay, what else is in this Course of Miracles mind training system that I can make use of? So we're talking about the basics here that we most have come to value, uh, many of us, in uh, our Masterful Living program. So another one is from Lesson 135, Paragraph 18 which many of us feel is so helpful. And I've said many times that this was really a key component of me moving out of uh, opinions and judgments and thinking I had to understand everything, thinking I had to figure everything out, that I was on my own and I had to figure these things out. Moving out of that place of suffering, what really, really helped me was 
this 135, paragraph 18. What could you not accept if you but knew that all things are gently planned by one whose only purpose is your good? So as I share about it, my understanding is that my higher Holy Spirit self, that I am presence, has done the planning. Not some separate being, but my own higher Holy Spirit self, my own highest wisdom, is the one who has discovered this highest and best for me. And it's all perfectly laid out and planned for me. And there's a lot more I can say, not in this moment, but just... What could you not accept? That's what I used to say to myself all the time. What could you not accept, Jen? What could you not accept, Jennifer Helen Hadley, if you but knew that everything was gently planned by your own holiness, not your personality, but your higher Holy Spirit self? If you knew that, if you but knew that, wouldn't you accept what this is right here, right now, Without equivocation, just say, ah, let me accept the highest and best, unfolding, working perfectly for my good. And there's the music. This break is perfectly planned for our good. (laughs) I have a lot more to share, so don't go away. Come right back and... You're listening to A Course of Miracles. My name is Jennifer Hadley. See you in just a moment. I'll be with you. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles. Living the love, walking the talk. And we're back. My goodness. I just have to say one of the things I did in the... Um, end of the last one is I said I'll see you on the other side it's like a reflex I'm not going to see you you're not going to see me (laughs) things like that I just I noticed them anyway (laughs) funny how the mind works oh yeah so the last one we were talking about what could you not accept if you but knew that all things were gently planned every situation every circumstance carefully and gently planned by yourself your highest self so the what I've done with that teaching is I then say to myself let me find the good in this it's been gently planned for my good Let me find the good in this. Instead of saying, oh, this sucks, I hate this, I don't want this, this is not what I'd like, I take a breath and I say, let me find the good in this. There is good for me to find in this. Let me find it. Let me find it quickly. And let me share that good with everyone because I'm one with them. So taking that approach, it bypasses the painful path of learning. So one of the things that the themes that we've talked about over the years is Jesus tells us we can learn through pain or joy. It's our choice. And to me, the whole point of my year-long Masterful Living program is to stop learning through pain, painful experiences like Uh, I call them learning through contrast or pushing density. Instead, we're working in the invisible and we're using spiritual methods instead of working in the world. So instead of pushing density, like sending emails and making phone calls and all kinds of things like that, uh, instead we can uh, work through the invisible. I'll give you an example. So um, I was traveling for years. You know that well if you've been listening to this podcast in a long time. I was traveling for years. And um, I sometimes had to file things for the, you know, the IRS running this nonprofit organization. Of course, there's all kinds of government filings and taxes and different things. And... Um, uh, 
I was traveling at some point several years ago and didn't file something. And so there were thousands of dollars of penalties because of my error. And it was totally my error. I owned it. I realized it. And I just took it to prayer. And I just, I laid it on what I think of as God's altar, the holy altar fire of God's love that burns away the attachments. So the attachments are the cravings and the aversions, right? So instead of having an aversion to it or a craving to get it figured out, something like that, I'm just, Spirit, I give this to you. And I didn't quite know what to do about it. And uh, I got a letter from someone in the IRS in the state of Vermont, where I live, who said, um, I'd like to help you with this, basically. I mean, that's not what the letter said, but basically it's, I, I need to talk with you about, I need to get this resolved. I'm, I'm in charge of this. I'm the caseworker on this, you could say. So I, I got centered focused in prayer. My mind was open. I'm taking total responsibility. Everything works together for my good, and there are no exceptions. So this has to be for my good. Let me accept my good. Let me not entertain the idea that my good could be somewhere else or that there's no good in this for me. So I called him. He was very nice. And he said, let me pull up the file. He pulled up the file. And basically he said, okay, Here's what the thing is, is you owe $2,000, should have paid that, um, and it was something that the ministry owed. We're a nonprofit organization, but um, there's payroll taxes that need to be paid and things like that. So that was part of this. And so he said, can you pay this amount now? And I said, yeah, we can pay that. He said, great, send me a letter, send me the check and just say, um, I'm so sorry. Didn't send this before. Here's the form. Here's the money. And he said, and I will erase all the penalties and the interest, which was far more than the original amount due. And I was like, you will? He said, yeah, yeah, I'll take care of that for you, as long as you can take care of this right away. I said, absolutely. Done. Done. Now, I also have a friend at the IRS, so when I have a question, I have his direct line. And I don't have to wait on hold for two days. I don't, it, it's fantastic. It's so wonderful. And this man is just a sweetheart. He's so happy to be helpful and take care of things. I had some personal tax questions. I called him. He was like, okay, here's what you want to do. And I did that. It's like, boom. (laughs) So to me, this is working in the invisible. I got centered in myself. I didn't go into this place of, wah, wah, I did something wrong. I should have filed that. Why didn't I? Now it's all this money is penalty. I didn't worry or fear or fret about it. Because I accepted that somehow, some way, this would be for my good. And what it has shown to me is, it is for my good. I now have a friend at the IRS who will happily take my call and help me. At a time when people are having such a difficult time getting through to the IRS because of the pandemic, I got a a guy on my team who loves being on my team. That's the power of love in our lives. So I approached it with humility. When I first called him, I said, this is totally my fault. I am totally responsible for this. I made this error, and I could tell you why I made the error. I was traveling, etc., but it doesn't matter. It's still my responsibility. I didn't take care of this. And he's like, so helpful. So that to me is working in the invisible instead of pushing density. So pushing density, if I had taken that approach and I'd been angry and upset because I felt guilty and ashamed and afraid and all of that, 
I probably would have had to end up paying all those penalties. And so the pushing density part would be I would have to push density to earn that money to pay it, you see? Now, I remember in the very first year of Masterful Living, back in 2009, there, maybe 2010, maybe it was the second year, sometime in there, there was someone who was in class who had an IRS issue. And it was related to um, her husband passing away. And then they, it was like, I, I can't remember the specific details, but it was something like, she was being demanded that she had to pay up $60,000, something like that. It was a lot of money, and um, which she definitely did not have. And I said, do not give in to the idea that you will ever pay this money or that everything isn't working together for your good. Everything has been gently planned for you for your good. Accept that. Give thanks for it day after day after day. So I don't know, it went on for maybe six months or a year. And there were transactions and things that her husband had done of which she could not find the records, if I recall correctly. And so that's what made this whole thing a big mishigas for her. And but in a year's time or so, the Everything was not only wiped off, I think she got like $30,000 back. There was a miscalculation. She got $30,000. It was a lot of money is what I remember. And so what happened was Spirit gave her, her higher Holy Spirit self, gave her an opportunity to practice everything's working together for your good. What could you not accept if you but knew that everything was gently planned by one whose only purpose is your good? What could you not accept then? So she got to work with that, and, and, and including the, the passing of her husband, all, everything that was going on, she worked diligently with that. And then it's not that she was rewarded by not having to pay that debt, uh, and getting thousands, many thousands of dollars back, uh, totally unexpectedly, it's that she's rewarded with peace of mind. That's the reward. That's the reward. And the whole thing makes a good story to tell other people so that they go, oh, wait a minute, how can I apply that to my situation? It's like I remember uh, several times over the years, people have come into the Masterful Living program at the beginning of the year. I asked them, so why are you taking Masterful Living now? And they say, well, I know I'm going to get divorced this year. I think it's likely that I'm going to get divorced this year, that my wife and I are, you know, we're in divorce proceedings, things like that. So um, I say, would you like to get divorced? No, I wouldn't. I would like to work this out. And I'd like to rise above all the things because there is a deep love here. We've just fallen into um, all this pain and suffering and we can't seem to get out of it. Okay, so, but you'd like to have a holy relationship. You'd like to... Uh, stay partnered with this person, yes. So people work in the invisible, working the spiritual principles of A Course in Miracles, and I've seen it again and again. So this is how I get convinced, because I see other people proving it again and again, and I'm like, dang, that's some good stuff, God. <laughs> you really are amazing. So um, people... At the end of the year, they're reunited, no divorce proceedings. They're moving into having a recommitment ceremony, a second honeymoon. Uh, they've moved back in together. These are common occurrences. Someone goes from thinking that their sp spouse is the nemesis, their nemesis, their enemy, their albatross, to recognizing 
I, we are moving into a holy relationship now. This person is the most sacred friend I have. This person is my salvation because they're working these kinds of principles that I'm talking about right here. So uh, obviously you don't need me or anyone else's help to really do what I'm talking about here. But if you'd like, come check out Masterful Living. Remember, you don't have to commit to the year. You can always leave if you don't like it. We've got a money-back guarantee. But the the healing is so extraordinary. Uh, what are you waiting for, right? It's It's worth checking out. All right. So what could you not accept? That was my shorthand to myself. What could you not accept, Jen? Come on. Come on. Are you willing to let go of that grievance? Love holds no grievances. So let's just accept everything works together for our good. Everything is gently gently planned by one whose only purpose is my good. Let me just accept these as facts and give up all my perceptions, projections, opinions, judgments, and grievances that are based on the past. Let the past have no precedent in my life anymore. Now, uh, another thing is to declare, I'm interested in the highest and best. Everything's working together for my good. I'm claiming the highest and best for myself or for my loved ones in this situation, my colleagues in this situation, my prayer partner in this situation. I'm knowing the highest and best for them. That's what's unfolding. That's what we're claiming. That's what we're declaring. That's what we're accepting. That's what we're knowing. We're only interested in the highest and best, which means we have to let go of opinions and perceptions and projections because those are not the highest and best. So if there's fear, fear, worry, doubt, that's all the negative use of our imagination, as Ernest Holmes used to call it. So let's get out of the negative use of our imagination and stand in the sunlight, the Christ light, and say... I choose the highest and best here. I don't know what that is. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know it's going to feel really good. So no matter what's going on, I am choosing the highest and best here, even though I don't know what it is and I don't know what it's going to look like. So we have to give up the attachments to what we think it should be, what we think it should look like or any of that and just concentrate on how does it feel it feels like peace it feels like joy it feels like harmony it feels like prosperity it feels like beauty it feels like wholeness these spiritual qualities that's what the highest and best is going to reveal the perfection aligned with these spiritual qualities and if we're in judgment we won't be able to see it and we sure won't be able to receive it Even if it is happening, we won't be able to receive it. Now, people do make unloving choices all the time that affect us. But nonetheless, everything will work together for our good if we're willing to accept it. So let me call forth the highest and best without thinking that I know what that is. Giving up all attachments to my projections, to my interpretations, to the meaning I make of things. Let me give all that up and just stand in the light of God saying, I claim the highest and best. One of the reasons I like to claim the highest and best is because I am aware of the unity of all life, knowing that everything is working together for the good of all, which I'm very much interested in. And so when I claim the highest and best for all, what I can know and that I find so, so helpful is that the highest and best for me has to be the highest and best for you. There's no way that the highest and best for me could not be the highest and best for someone else 
It's just not possible. Why? Because we're one with each other. How could it be that the highest and best for one person would be the worst thing for another person? It cannot be because we're one. Now, it takes great, great willingness to accept this as truth. It does. It takes great, great willingness to accept this as truth. And that's where we learn to see our attachments, our projections, our perceptions, and being able to see them and recognize them helps us to discard them. So claiming the highest and best for everyone. There's an added bonus of recognizing the unity of all life. And when we are intent on recognizing the oneness, we are intent on letting go of all the negative effects of being convinced of separation. So it's a twofer. (laughs) I like things that are a twofer. Another one that people have found incredibly helpful to them is, I create the world I see. Now, for me, what I really like is, I am responsible for what I see. And I know I've said this a number of times recently in the podcast, but the responsibility for sight section in A Course in Miracles tells us I'm responsible for what I see and what that means is that I'm responsible for how I view things and how I interpret and make meaning of things I'm responsible for how I see things and that taking that responsibility helps to eliminate the projections the perceptions and the false beliefs, and all that we get distracted with. So I create the world I see, recognizing I'm responsible for what I see, and I choose the feelings I would have. This helps us step into being miracle-minded and to recognizing we are not victims of the world because we are responsible for what we see, we are not victims. It's not happening to us. The world is happening through us and by us, not to us. So being able to move into I create the world I see moves us out of being a victim. Another one that's been very, very helpful to us is everything only has the meaning that I make of it. Everything has only got the meaning that we attribute to it. Otherwise, it's a meaningless world. So the ego-identified person is basically a meaning-making machine, an interpreting machine. That's the ego So if we step into everything only has the meaning that I have given it, then we are moving out of that victimhood and moving into responsibility, which also brings with it so many gifts. Yes, this is such a beautiful curriculum and we can choose to embody it, this mind training Another one that many of us have found profoundly helpful is that prayer at the end of chapter 5 in the text. I must have chosen wrongly because I am not at peace. So what is it that we chose wrongly when we recognize we're not at peace? We've chosen to look at things through a wrong view. I must have chosen wrongly because I am not at peace. So then we can say, I'm going to choose again. I'm going to offload this view, this way I'm looking at it, this meaning that I've made of it, 
this interpretation. I'm going to give that to the Holy Spirit for healing. So now, because I was looking at it wrongly, I can have a healing and heal this false perception, this false belief that underlies the false perception and not have any more false perceptions like this again. The holy I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I allow it. And I do. So this practice of allowing the Holy Spirit to undo all the consequences, this practice of realizing that we are not guilty is profoundly helpful. Profoundly helpful. Yes, what a great, great teaching that is for us. Another one is, in my defenselessness, my safety lies. So let me not defend myself. Let me not get into these obsessive, compulsive thought patterns of arguing with myself and the other person in my mind and looking for my defense tactics as well as my attack tactics and going over that and over it, over it obsessively and compulsively, which is what I used to do. So painful to spend my time that way, to spend my precious energy and thought that way. Of course, it just brought more drama and trauma into my life. So in my defenselessness, my safety lies. And as I've talked about many times, in that teaching about defenselessness, right there, it tells us if you're looking to defend yourself, you are basically... You have a hidden desire to attack and you're pretending you're just being defensive. Oh my goodness, I have come to the end of my time. That's it. That's it for me. I'd like to say that it's not too late to make a year-end donation to the Power of Love ministry. Go to jenniferhadley.com and you can see how to do that under donations. I'm grateful and thankful for the power of love in our lives. What I know is that we are blessed and that we are truly living a life of great love and great joy. God bless you.